Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today, and welcome to episode zero of Defining Duke, an Xbox podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG, and a perfect number, zero. That's what we're worth. Absolutely. One podcast, <laughs> we won't even name it, and then that'll just be it. Be like, welcome to episode zero, never again. Never happening. So, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, thank you for lending your time here today. This is a brand new show, an Xbox show at that. But before we get into what this show is, what we're going to be doing on this show, the goal of this show, everything, and then into our topic for today, uh, we wanted to introduce ourselves because maybe you've never heard of us. Maybe you have no idea who, you, who we are. So, Carrick, you're one of our hosts. I want, I want to start off with you. Who the hell are you? It's, it's, a, it's a deep question. Uh, Carrick with <laughs> ACG. I started reviewing in, man, 2013, 2014? I think mm -hmm. prior to that, uh, I worked in various, uh, I was setting up call centers around the world, but I was also doing mods on the side and messing around with, you know, various different software and stuff like that. Got a lot of developers who are friends. And when I, when I was laid off, I was like, Hey man, let's do this. Let's make this a thing. Let's see what could happen. And I've been lucky, man. Really, really lucky. I do reviews mostly. I do other videos that do terrible absolutely horrendous <laughs> so if i do a review i'm good to go bro if i do any other video that doesn't have review in it it's a disaster like the numbers like, <laughs> and i so i continue to do them because i'm stubborn as fuck so i'm like all right man you don't like this i'm gonna do another one but uh it's you know we do dungeon and dragons podcast now we do the we, we do reviews or I, I i should say i do reviews and uh yeah it's been i mean it's awesome youtube mostly some twitch on the side but uh, right. Twitch is a difficult beast when you come out of YouTube yes. and try to do it. 100%. Uh, for those who don't know me, I am Mr. Maddie Plays. You can just call me Maddie. Uh, you don't got to call me Mr. Maddie or anything like that. Maddie is fine with me. And what I do is mostly RPG content. Uh, like Carrick, I focus on uh, YouTube. So I'm always creating uh, videos each and every single day over on YouTube. And while I'm over there, I'm also making reviews. I tried to up my game. I also, funny enough, I didn't know this because we've been working together for years. We started reviewing at the same exact time, about you know six years ago or so. You're far better at it than me, so you've you've progressed more. <laughs> but we have been reviewing for about the same amount of time, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, I try to do game reviews, and uh, I focus more so on news, but uh, more so in the RPG genre. It's my favorite genre of gaming, and so that has been my uh, my calling card for the last number of years. Now, as for Carrick and I, this is where I think it really does impact you all. That we got some of our uh, icebreakers out of the way. Is that Carrick and I have been podcasting together for about three years now. We're going on four years together. Uh, so when we came up with this show idea with Colin, me and Colin were talking and I wanted Carrick to be the host with me because we just had a really good chemistry, to be honest. And Carrick's one of my closest friends on the platform and we thought this would be the most natural way to do it. Uh, we've ran the Ham Radio podcast for uh, three years together, uh, as well as with Dustin, who is the executive producer here uh for last stand so it's a it's a weird crossover and i feel like this really solidifies that crossover even more so with defining duke which uh if you couldn't tell by the name it is an xbox show so let's go ahead let's get into the goal of this show now that you've been properly introduced to us you're going to be stuck with us for uh however many episodes we decide we we shall see based off your maybe you hate this and uh that's it the show is over 
right here and now. You're like, get this guy the fuck out of here. Get us a new host. <laughs> I would love that. It would be amazing if you were just like, no, stupid. Moving yep. on. <laughs> we're okay. Uh, so the goal of this show is we want it to be the best gaming show that you can listen to, of course, but we also want to keep Xbox fans in mind. So much like with the Sacred Symbols product from Colin and Chris, uh, we're here to make a show for everybody who plays games. So even if you're not in a particular ecosystem, we want you to be able to listen and enjoy yourself and learn. Uh, so you'll find a great show regardless. But do know this is going to be geared in a way towards Xbox fans, which we'll describe in a little bit. Because every episode of Defining Duke, we're going to have you really driving the show. Uh, we do this on the Ham Radio podcast. As I mentioned, Sacred Symbols does the same thing. Uh, we want to have viewer and listener involvement as much as possible. So we're going to be going through the Last Stand Patreon we're grabbing your questions. We're going to load the show up with them from the beginning to the end. So we're going to start the show with your questions. Uh, we're going to go through the news together. We're going to have your questions peppered throughout that show. And then at the end of it all, we're going to round it up with your questions. So we want to make sure you're a big focal point of this show. And like I mentioned, we're going to be doing a news roundup. What's happening in the world of Xbox, PC gaming, gaming in general. Uh, we're going to have a Game Pass pick of the week. Uh, Carrick and I are going to sit down, sift through Game Pass every week and Pick through that wonderful catalog of games on what you should be looking at that week just because it's a revolving door for that program and we love it and we think the value there is insane and we want to really continue to spotlight that and we think it's an important part of the Xbox ecosystem. And uh, we also want to highlight PC deals of the week. So parts, you know, deals on maybe like Humble Bundle, digital deals, that type of stuff. Um, and we're going to grow this, right? This is what we want to call a healthy foundation. We want to make sure we have something kind of laid out for all of you there that we want to move forward with. And if you want to evolve that formula, you want to add more to that, uh, or maybe it's fine just as is, the feedback is going to be very important in as we grow this show. But last, and certainly not least, early access uh, will be available on patreon.com slash last stand every Thursday. And uh, episodes will be airing for free on all podcast apps across the internet on Sunday. So if that's how you want to listen, by all means, we just want to have you here because I genuinely think uh, we have a really special podcast here and this is probably the most professional you're going to hear us so enjoy it while it's here enjoy it while it's here you're probably like god this guy's a snoozer i've <laughs> dialed myself down a little bit which is going to go off the rails here soon but i've i've purposely been like this is more professional yeah I, uh, i'm not going to interrupt as much or joke around <laughs> as much at least at first this will it'll die out obviously oh yeah right now i'm like prim and proper this is the most yeah, prim and proper you'll see us ever yeah Absolutely. So uh, right now we're like absolutely shaking with anticipation to just ruin your day. Uh, so <laughs> exactly. with that, let's go ahead and uh, get started with episode zero. So episode zero, the goal here is it's going to be a little bit different from our standard episode program, kind of like how I mentioned where we had the news and stuff. We're not doing that this episode because we want this to serve as a primer. We'll be analyzing the current landscape of 2021 for Team Xbox and their slate of releases in this year. Obviously, this is subject to change. There's going to probably be more announcements, more additions to this, even delays as well, depending on how the uh, the state of the world evolves. We'll see how things change. But uh, we thought that this would be a great entry point for people, whether you're an Xbox fan or not. So if you are one, this would be a great conversation for you to listen to. But if you're investing yourself for the first time in this ecosystem, uh, you're going to be learning a lot on where to keep it locked for this year, kind of moving forward. And uh, starting with episode one, we'll be picking up the news and involving you all more alongside that. Now, Carrick, shall we begin with Xbox's 2021 lineup? Let's do it. This is where we get less professional because now the show's actually begun. I'm excited. And so that was it. That was your, that yeah. was your, that's more professional <laughs> than I was even at my own wedding. And that's it. 
now it's off the rails. So put your yeah. put your kids to bed. I'm going to tell you that much. Yeah. You know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, we got a, a a lot of interesting games here. When I was doing research for uh, Xbox in 2021, and I was typing up this show, I gotta say, you know, they may not have a bunch of heavy hitters, but Xbox has a lot of interesting third party exclusives and a lot of like first on Xbox exclusives. Yeah. So we're gonna start off with some of the the, the big daddies, so to say, like uh, a Halo Infinite, which is by 343 Industries. It was pushed back to fall 2021 in a December 2020 Halo Waypoint post. Uh, this post also confirmed that the game has seen major visual improvements across all areas of the game, from armor details, the facial animations, different types of brute builds being implemented, FX slash light tweaking, and much, much more after plenty of backlash had landed in the laps of Microsoft when the game play had been revealed back in July of 2020. Uh, so what we're going to do with this conversation is just bring up the game, kind of lay out a general synopsis like that and then just talk about it what do we expect for 2021 with this game are we excited for it just general chatting of each game by game so Carrick, where do you where do you stand with halo infinite right now i mean it's so far out it had a really bad showing are you excited this is actually cool because we do general podcasts so the idea of doing mm -hmm. one that's sort of restricted is actually it's actually cool whether it be playstation switch even would be fantastic because I'm such a Switch fan, but also Xbox, because I feel that, like you said, sometimes people sort of forget that they have exclusives and you'll hear it, by the way. And what's what makes people uncomfortable right now is that with PlayStation doing Horizon Zero Dawn, Death Stranding on the PC, all the people who were like, it's exclusive to the PlayStation suddenly are like, it's it's sort of exclusive. <laughs> and you're all, dude, you're dealing with what we've, you know, as Xbox fans, what Xbox fans have dealt with for years, which is like Halo being on everything, that kind of stuff. I also want to say that the backlash, you and I got some backlash. I think me probably, it depends. We we both got backlash for Cyberpunk and you get backlash oh, yeah. for stuff. You get, and a company gets backlash for Halo and people think it means that you hate it. And I think that there is for sure a contingent of people who who hate it. But there's also a contingent of people who want the, you know, the magistry, that that fucking magic that happened in the original Halo to be there. And when you see that brute show up and he's like, dur, 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 it's like me <laughs> instead of fucking, you know, Selena Gomez showing up. You're just like, dude, seriously, this is not what I paid for. I have no clue who this dude. If even if I had a musical voice, people would still be like, sorry, man, this is not what this is not what I want. Yeah. And, that, and that's what it showed up. So these things where they talk about the lighting effects, all that is great. I'm really excited. I'm also devastated. And this is where talking to devs and stuff, I'm devastated it got to this point and it shouldn't have, mm -hmm. which leads to a crushing overall summary of what's occurred up to this point, who was in charge, how it got there. So not only has this been announced, but they also rehired one of the creators of Halo, which is a, a huge deal. Personally, I don't think 2021 is it, though. That's I'm just going to put my foot down. I do not believe that 2021 is when Microsoft should release Halo. I think that 2022 with a, a huge explosive announcement and and showing good increases on on the fidelity would be better i'll probably be wrong but what i saw doesn't look like a fix by 2021 yeah see the reason i think they're going to try to push it out by 2021 is because there is a certain anniversary happening in uh 2021 i believe it's the the anniversary of halo one and so they would release it that the rumor is I, someone from 343 had tweeted out like oh there's a certain day in November that uh, everyone's going to be celebrating and I believe it's November 13th. I'd have to double check, but 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're going to force it out just for uh, maybe nostalgia's sake, also a celebration of Halo at the same time. I would like to say 2022 as well. I just think that would make the most sense because here's the reality is I love Halo. I want to make that clear off the bat because I know some people are coming in for the first time listening to us. They don't know our tastes. So if I make it sound like I'm spelling out my opinion to you a lot in this in this episode, it's just because I want to make it clear where I stand. I do love Halo. Um, not as much as I used to, but like many people, you know, I'll sound like a broken record. I grew up on Halo 1, 2, 3. You know, th- those are some of my favorite gaming memories as a kid. So, of course, I want this game to succeed. But the reality is that Halo isn't Microsoft's kind of uh, killer app nowadays. Yeah. And uh, with the amount of studio acquisitions they made, I think Microsoft is aware of that. So if Halo does get pushed into 2022, it's not like a devastating blow for Xbox. It is one of their kind of flagships. You know, it's it's one of the most recognizable brands. But as it stands now, Halo is not going to just ship a metric ton of systems. Now, the reality is that could change because of the free multiplayer that the game is coming with that you, you don't have to. The, the rumor is that maybe they'll get rid of Xbox Live Gold. You won't need that. And then you've got a really interesting system here for Halo Infinite that can get a lot of players in through the door and, and maybe Halo has a bit of a renaissance. But as it stands now, I don't think it's going to be the uh, the savior of Xbox. I think it's a combined effort. It's not going to be just one game. They sort of need to go on a roll here like PlayStation did where they're they're just releasing like desirable game after desirable game after desirable game. And it's another banger. It's like another critical darling, you know, that type of stuff which isn't just going to be defined by Halo or any of these games on this list. They all need to be pretty good. But what we'll notice as we go down this list is that there is a a wide diversity of titles here. Like Halo Infinite, it's a first-person shooter. We saw a lot of movement in the gameplay. Uh, we saw a lot of things happening, but it did seem to have that Halo heartbeat to it. You know, the as uh, Joseph Staten called it, like the 30 seconds of action yeah. uh, constantly Can happening. Can I shoot a hole in something, though, real quick? Oh, by all means, I love it. I think the anniversary is full of shit because they were going to release it last year. Right. Which wouldn't have been the fucking right. anniversary. That is true. And this isn't saying you're full of shit. I'm saying that number's full of shit. No. I think that no, I, I, totally th- I think that when we look at this, you can't have it both ways, which obviously you're going to get tired of hearing. Maddie's had to hear it for three years. But <laughs> we can't sit here and pretend that the same fans are going to care that a game is released in 2020 and pretend it's good if it's not. Those Halo fans would much rather have a 2019 game, a 2020 game, 2020 being the one we thought was going to happen and have it be good versus a perfect year. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the only people who really care about anniversaries are the people who are celebrating the specific day and then they move on. I have to live with Halo for as long as they want to support Halo. And I'm going to tell you right Mm -hmm. now, if they say we're going to release a great game in 2021 that we're going to support for a long time or we're going to release an absolute shit game in 2020 or a game that is not up to par, I would simply say, look at Cyberpunk. Whether people listening agree or disagree, it doesn't really matter whether you do, because the developers agree with me. The developers themselves state that Cyberpunk was not ready. I would not want Halo to do the same. In fact, I would love for all these companies to say, let's take a step back. It's obvious. It's obvious shit's affecting us, whether it be the viruses, whether it be whatever, something's affecting us. And uh, uh, right. The other thing is this 20 years, that's great and all, but the number of people still in gaming and the number of people brand new in gaming, you and I have talked about this. Whenever anybody mentions an old game and says, you know, that like everything hinges on that, I'm like, dude, a lot of you people weren't alive when it came out. So does it really hinge on it? What it, what you, yeah. it should hinge on is if it's a good game 
and I would rather have those guys safe. Let's hold off because three four three's production has not been great. Yeah, I agree. I love I Halo. Agree. Their production though, not up to Halo standards overall. No, it hasn't been. I, I 100% stand by that. Yeah, it is. Uh, by the way, I double checked. It was not November 13th. It was November 15th. November 13th is my mother, my mother's birthday. So I apologize, mom. I got I, I got two important days mixed my up. My mom's birthday is two days prior. Yeah. Did you release Halo? <laughs> Maybe they'll be like, yes, we will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Halo Infinite supposedly coming fall 2021. We'll have to see about that. Um, for me, I'm never sold on the blog posts. Uh, the screenshots did look good, but um, at the end of the day, I don't want to tag on to Cyberpunk too hard because the conversation has been really beaten to death. But the reality is that I think trust in game companies and what they say is not as strong as it previously it's was. An all-time low. Yeah, you, you want to see what they're talking about and seeing screenshots versus seeing it in action, two different things. So for me, I uh, I am looking forward to Halo Infinite. I want to see it in action again, though, with all of these supposed updates that they have brought to the table. With that, we move on to game number two on our list, and we got a lot to go through. Psychonauts 2. Now, this was teased in 2015. Double Fine's 3D action platformer was supposed to release in fall of 2019 before slipping into mid-2020, only now to be delayed into 2021. Despite Xbox acquiring Double Fine in 2019, Double Fine will be honoring backers on all systems, so fret not if you're listening to this and maybe you're on PlayStation or something like that. And with the original ending on a cliffhanger, 2021 is hopefully the year we will see how Rasputin's story ends up on Xbox, PC, and PlayStation. Now, Carrick, are you a Psychonauts guy? Have you played Psychonauts before? Yes, I have. I wasn't a Psychonauts VR fan, which was their VR game that came out for the PSVR. It wasn't great. Ooh, that sounds like uh, something that would make you throw up. It, it was a little off. I mean, I, I don't know. You have a PSVR. I do not. Oculus. I just have the spy device. You just have the spy device. <laughs> my, my, my fucking MySpace just calling in. They're like, we need to know exactly what Maddie's doing right now. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Psychonauts fan. I'm also a platformer fan. I'm also fully behind Microsoft offering as many genres as possible. So to me, this is exciting. I, dude, I mean, it's an LSD trip. It's DMT. It's like l playing a game in Joe Rogan's brain. So to me, this is sort of cool regardless. Uh, Psychonauts is old, though. So this is, again, another title that's been... This was kickstarted, right? Yes. So yeah. this was kickstarted prior to Microsoft even owning these guys. Microsoft, thankfully enough, you know, saying, hey, every and, and these guys saying, hey, everybody will get supported. They'll get their versions. I'm excited for it. I just don't know what it'll offer. You know, platformers have stepped up. Some of them, like, uh, what's the squirrel that we like so much? PS4? Jeez, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, uh, squirrel. Squirrel? I, I mean, I know it's Sly Cooper. No, no, no. The <laughs> other one. The It's not it's not a squirrel. It's uh Ratchet? Yeah, Ratchet and Clank. Sorry, Ratchet okay. and Clank, not a squirrel. Um, <laughs> the Wombacks. <laughs> whatever, you know. But uh, they, they stepped that up graphically and stuff, so I'm really excited right. to see if Psychonauts aims for that kind of level on everything. Yeah, I, I you know, for me, I'm not a huge Psychonauts fan. I remember playing the demo. I think there was a demo. If not, I played it or rented it at Blockbuster, but I played it as a kid, and um, I just think it was a little too weird for me as a young lad. And so... I uh, never got too into it, but what I'm excited about now, as a, as, a, as an older man, is uh, I'm looking forward to just something a little bit different. Uh, when you think of all these games here that we're going to be talking about, they will all be on Game Pass at one point or another. And so I think of it that way, right? You, you, you log into that app and you see now there's another new 3D platformer 
there that has been uh, worked on by Microsoft. It's, it better be damn good. They've taken a long time with it. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad they are because for a lot of people, I know how much this game means. You know, I, I know for a lot of folks, they've been waiting years and years for Psychonauts too. So 2021 stands to be a great year in gaming for people just for this alone. Uh, but for me personally, I'm just looking forward to like a palate cleanser, right? Like a, a, something a bit different. We've been hit with so many open world games. So many games like to use the RPG tagline. Uh, so for me personally, I'm just happy to see something that's not that. that be it. Like I've been playing visual novels these last number of days just because I'm so tired of uh, constantly just leveling up and shit that I just want to have some stories. And I've been playing I the Somnium Files. That's that's what I've been playing on my uh, on my PS5. And it's it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's it's very weird, but it's been it's been fantastic. It's one of those games where uh, have you ever played games where like everything has to have this like deep meaning? Oh, yeah. Everything has to have like it connects to this Greek goddess, which connects to this, which connects to the, the speed of the messaging. And it's fucking it's ridiculous. <laughs> but it has been refreshing, ridiculous, but refreshing. All right. Moving on. Next game. Shredders. This is a snowboarding game that the website directly says this. I had to include this quote inspired by the early amped games with multiplayer at its core developed by iillusions and let it roll this is coming to xbox first they didn't even mention pc this is on xbox first so i found that quite interesting and it's apparently releasing winter 2021 now i know you and i are big amped fans right huge the hell yeah the huge if i had a tattoo it would probably be an amped tattoo (laughs) (laughs) dude yeah, I'd get that shit stamped on my back. I, I loved Amped as a kid. I, I mean, I go back and forth. Like, I like SSX on Xbox 360. Yeah. That's on Game Pass. Highly recommend it. It is, it's also on EA Play. It is phenomenal. It's just very wild and crazy, the, the tricks you do. But Amped was this mixture of uh, arcade, but somehow feeling real. Like, there was a weight to the gameplay. I don't know how they did it, but it it felt so good to play. And I remember as a kid grinding it out and i actually uh i picked up a complete box copy a couple months ago just to kind of go i have back every and, one of those and and the thing about amped is it versus ssx was ssx like to do the tricks on the digital pad and stuff so it felt a little arcadey where amped mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff was on that analog and you were just starting to get accustomed to it and then three you could build your own part like dude like that yeah. game was ahead of its that was one more time where like microsoft was like hey try something you know that's a little it was actually ahead of its time. It was almost like a Tony Hawk prior to Tony Hawk's kind of games where it was yeah. one of the first. It really was. I, the, the, the controls are, are a good point because I, I remember like there was a good transition because I think I had played it late. So I came from like Tony Hawk on the 64 right. to Amped on my original Xbox. And, and there was something there that that felt There's natural. There's a DNA that's connected between those two. Yeah. And that's when you know, because it was able to still make its own identity. So Shredders was inspired by that game. Does that have you a little more excited? Sadly, there's no gameplay. When I was doing research for all these games, I was watching trailers. I was slapping everything together. And uh, I couldn't find anything on this outside of a little kind of tech teaser. Uh, but they do say multiplayer is at the core, so you can find spots with your friends. And kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, that Ubisoft game. What was that? Steep. That you, steep. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Am I excited? Yeah. Do I think multiplayer at its core is good? No. And let me tell you why. Because I've gone snowboarding a lot in my life. And the last time me and a friend were close enough to be on the same screen snowboarding was zero times. People do not hang out and fucking fist bump the entire time where they're snowboarding. (laughs) So to me, the idea of multiplayer being its core is a little bothersome because I think multiplayer could be in 
and it would certainly be great where I would rather have it be single player. But you know what? How many times have we been wrong this gen? Like thousands, like yeah. thousands. So it's, you know, in fact, Maddie, I would love for companies to not say sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. Because then that preconceived notion of multiplayer. Oh, hmm. And mm. then and now you can't wipe it away. Yeah. And or or you're ratcheted to sort of give it a chance. And sometimes it's like, why? Why shouldn't yeah. you just be given everything a chance? But it's because they say stuff like that. And it's I, I do like the idea of inspired by early amped. But you know what that's going to do? Cause me and you to look at it and go, is it? Which is mm-hmm. also it's like that. It's like the positive and negative at the same time. Positive of, of recognizing a term and a name, but negative of holding it against it if it doesn't match up. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is. What's good is Amped is amazing for people like us, right? And I think a lot of people understand it's a great game, but it's not like this timeless gem like it is for someone like us. We are fortunately, you know, a dime a dozen. We're not out there in in spades, but unfortunately, it could lead to some disappointment. I'm excited, though. I have a question for you. Go for it. If you had to rank, the honest truth, not, not worrying about what people say, if you had to rank Tony Hawk versus Amped, the honest truth, would you rate oh, Amped no. higher? Because I'm going to tell you, if I talked about pure enjoyment, not not ignoring that Tony Hawk is amazing, I would actually say my pure enjoyment was amped, was higher on amped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I played so much Tony Hawk, like many people my age growing up, but... If you, had, yeah, if you have kids, they'll fucking know the songs yeah, for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll just, know, they'll just hear a song and be like, I've heard this somewhere. But uh, Amped is, yeah, just Amped had a, there was a feeling, man. There was a, there was a feeling you got when you played it. Uh, like you mentioned, three was just out there. Yeah, it was just wild. And like you said, it's, it's perfectly put. It was ahead of its time. I got to say, yeah, I probably have a stronger love for Amped. But when it comes to Tony Hawk, personally, I just, I spent way more time, you know? It, it, and not because I like, oh, I enjoy this shit less. I'm going to play it more. It was just that uh, when, you, you know, I was... Big on Blockbuster, as I already indicated earlier on, I, I rented a lot of games. And so for me, like Tony Hawk was a good rental. That's like a, I can bang this out in a weekend. And it was the um, zeitgeist everybody knew about Tony Hawk. Yeah, right? exactly. That's right? like crazy, crazy taxi. It. Like if I mentioned crazy thing? taxi, yeah. people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. The music from it. <laughs> they may not even know the game. So yeah, no, I get it. I get it. It's fair. Yeah, because, you know, I was playing like Kingdom Hearts 2, but I had no one to talk about that with. So I had to I had to keep up with the popular titles. Otherwise, I would have just been a dork with no friends. <laughs> Everybody's talking about the game and you're like, well, I'm playing a game with Disney characters and a dude who uses a sword that's a giant key. And they're like, wow. Yeah. And his feet are fucking bigger than my torso. Yeah, his feet are Mickey Mouse feet. Fucking <laughs> like the size of my head and shit. Yeah, I remember that. Well, that's Shredders. Next is something that I think people will be more familiar with. Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. This is coming from the same developers as Warhammer Vermintide 2, Fat Shark, and they'll be bringing Warhammer 40k Dark Tide exclusively to Xbox and PC in 2021 for another horde-focused co-op adventure, except this time we're in the city of, and you can correct me if I pronounce this wrong, Tertium? Have no clue. I just okay. saw that, and when I heard you saying you can correct me, I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> I thought you were a Warhammer guy. I do, but I don't know the pronunciation of that. It does look okay. right, though. I mean, now you and I love Vermintide. Dark Tide is more so a spinoff of a spinoff at this point, and uh, I think it's a place to soft reset, get more people involved. Uh, I actually recently bought Vermintide 2 on my PC, and yeah, it's just been 
a really good time. It's the perfect shut your brain off game. For those who don't know what Vermintide is, uh, think of Left 4 Dead, but you've got medieval classes and you're fighting rats. It's still Skaven, the same thing like, dude, bro, Skaven, whoever sorry. likes Warhammer, send him hate mail right now. <laughs> you never <laughs> fuck that up, brother. Never. Well, I call them rats? You That's call bad? them rats. They're Skaven, man. They're, oh no, dude. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like calling me a monkey, man. I mean, dude. Seriously, I'm gonna come at you because. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just joking. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, look. Now I'm nervous. Is a brand new show. I <laughs> know. People are like, oh, this fucking idiot. No. The Skaven are these enemies you fight, and there are special types. Just like in Left 4 Dead, you have special types of zombies, like ones that'll leap on you or ones that'll drag you away. Kind of same thing in this game. But it's on, I think it's a little more intense because instead of having guns and shooting from a distance, you're maybe up close with like dual daggers or a, a giant axe or a huge hammer. Uh, there's just a lot of ways to to approach combat and there's abilities and it's it's just a really fun time to keep replaying the game because you'll roll loot at the end of levels and, and upgrade your character and put in talent points. And so uh, this is coming from that same studio. I got to say, when I watched the Dark Tide trailer, the sound effects I know that may sound like a really weird thing to mention, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, but there is this one point in the trailer where a character swings a great hammer and connects with a Skaven, I believe it was, and just you hear the crunch and it was immensely satisfying. And so it's one of those things where with the new suite of weapons and, and classes that they may be offering with this game, uh, I'm very much looking forward to this one, and especially for Xbox to get a co-op adventure. I mean, we got to just go ahead and reflect here. You've got a, a snowboarding game, a 3D platformer, a flagship first-person shooter. You know, I think they're really filling in a lot of holes here. Like, you may not have that, oh, this is Horizon, but having a really strong co-op game that either A, all of your friends can hop onto Game Pass and be like, let's download this together, or B, you can just buy and you know it's in that Microsoft ecosystem. I think this is a big win for them in a really strange way. Like I said, as we go through this list, you're going to see some very interesting third-party gets for them. And this is one of the more standouts. Are you excited for Dark Tide? Is, you know, is this one of the the more anticipated titles for you because I know how much we like Vermintide? Yeah, and if you guys get a chance, I have Victor Magnuson who's the lead dev for Vermintide. He's been on the podcast like 9 times. They did uh what was the football fantasy game by the makers of Hades? Oh, Blood Bowl? No, Blood Bowl Cyanide. Oh, it was oh, like oh, Blood Bowl, uh, but it was called um, Pyre. Pyre? Yeah. So um, we had Pyre, Mad Max, and Vermintide devs on the pod, and, and Surge too, podcast. We've had Victor on a, a couple times, and I would say the reason why he's on isn't just because I like the dude, and he, he talks to people like us at a, at a pretty low level, but it's also... That I just fell in love with Vermintide. I fell in love with sound. I fell in love with the combat. It's one of the few games where a shield is a thing, like a full thing. You yeah. not only block and have counts for blocks, but you can knock people aside. It's just fun. Like you said, it's not perfect. No game's perfect. And I heard a lot of people when this popped, you and I talked about this in your podcast, this popped and some people were like, I hope they don't leave it like Fat Shark. And then I went and looked and I'm like, you know, it's weird because I'm they getting supported the fuck they out supported the fuck out. Now, admittedly, most games that are supported for a long time always have complaints from their fan base one way or the other. Destiny being a perfect example of that. Destiny also failing in multiple ways. But I would say this game, at least I re recently played Vermintide. It's imminently playable. Dark Tide. <laughs> yeah, that's my shit, man. That's my jam. I do wonder how guns will work because you have a couple side guns and ranged in Vermintide, but they're very well limited. There's some gameplay systems in there that limit those. 
the dwarf's crossbow is pretty overpowered. Anybody who's played that probably knows what I'm talking about. But that's the one thing about Dark Tide I would say it makes me wonder because I believe they've chosen the cityscape of Warhammer. It's not going to be... So we know it won't be Space Marines. That wouldn't make any sense. It's going to be like the the lower like gangs and and their battles. And I'm just wondering how they'll handle ranged. That's the one thing. Like Because yeah. I don't want a pot shot. I mean, I guess if they go left for left for dead, you know, left for dead more than me. I actually played some left for dead, but I wasn't in love with it. Left for dead was the opposite, right? It was more ranged and less. Yeah. See, the thing with left for dead that, you know, because as I've just gone back and played Vermintide, what I noticed was kind of I liked how you'd be making sort of choices based off encounters, which I don't do in left for dead. So what I mean by that is oh, I have a lot of enemies here. Do I take out, I would be playing as the elf. Do I take out my bow and arrow and use like the special ability and kind of have the arrow ricochet and take them all out? Do I do a block and stagger and then try to slash them with my daggers? There was like a, a choice per encounter, so to speak, because you could you could get killed really easily. Whereas in Left 4 Dead, I felt like it was a spray and pray almost. And that's not a bad thing because no. at, at, at the core of both these games, it's the same idea of like, you can kind of passively play them. You can talk to a friend while you're playing them, or you can really ramp up the difficulty and then everyone can just engage on another level. Um, there is a certain heartbeat to this type of genre that just, if it's designed properly, works really well. So yeah, with Dark Tide, including guns, I, I did remember seeing that in the trailer. It is one of those things where I trust the balance of it because for example, the bow and arrow worked really well because you had different types of bows, you had different speeds of your shot, you had abilities connected to it, and then the ammo was heavily limited, at least early on. I should say. Right. So if they give you like a gun that does a ton of damage and can blast, say, five enemies in front of you, but you got to reload it per shot, like that's a fair trade off. So yep. it's one of those things where I trust that they'll handle it pretty well, because I feel if you have that one class off the get go, that's clearly better. Like everyone just needs a strength and a weakness, I feel. And so if you can offer something like that, like I, I do remember that there was a dwarf class in Vermintide too. I forgot its exact name, but the dwarf well, there, was pretty powerful. Yeah, there's a couple, and I all, will also say I believe uh, Vermintide might be the only game of these sort that do, does it. A game called After Earth, I believe. There was a shooter that didn't oh, review yeah. well. I enjoyed it actually. It had a lot of yeah, had a lot of interactions that you do. But one of the <laughs> positives of Vermintide was they they knew the size of the characters. For example, a dwarf being shorter, you know, ball sack height. So what they did was they made a level where the entire starting was in grass and you couldn't see as a dwarf and you had to actually use the other players and say, you know, where are the bad guys? Because you legitimately could not see them. My hope is that every company does that. You know, they, they integrate the graphics and the gameplay. It's not just about a stat. It, it, the visuals of the game were different for a dwarf than everybody else. My hope is Dark Tide does something. And I don't know what that would be. Uh, it could be somebody having the ability to see infrared, you know, and so now it matters uh, almost like alien. If you ever did the colonial, well, not colonial Marines, but the alien versus predator mm -hmm. games, I would love for I them to idea. adjust that. Go for it. I mean, just because the name itself, when you said dark tide, it just made me think like using darkness, you know, making dimly lit levels. I mean, that lighting can be really just I, I've and played a lot of sound to make the the that more important over yeah. the over the visual. We always uh. We always talk about Nier Automata as like a shining example of where you have the robots, it's like red eyes lighting up a cave and there's like nothing else. And you're just using, yeah, you're just using that to guide your way through combat as you like fight your way. And uh, it's just, it's incredible, right? And so there's a lot of ways where sound and 
the use of light can really give a level unique feel like i think of and this wasn't even an amazing game but it had some standout design moments shadow of the tomb raider oh uh, there is absolutely. one part yeah there's one part where i was shimmying along a little ledge and i kicked a helmet and you see it drop off a ledge and then you just hear it hit the ground like five seconds later and you're like holy fuck that's a drop like i don't want to fall now and so is you know just little things like that can create atmosphere so hopefully they create hopefully sorry they get creative in that way uh, we shall see, but we're clearly excited for this one. Yeah. It's high up on the list. Next, we got to talk about a company, right? I wanted to throw this one in the middle because I know a lot of Xbox fans are probably curious about where we stand on it. And also, given that we've really heard mostly Colin and Chris's thoughts when it comes to the Last Stand platform, I'm sure people want some different ideas on Bethesda. What is the plan in 2021 with Bethesda? This is the year we're going to find out what Microsoft actually wants to do with them because the, the ink will dry on the deal. You know, all the approvals will hopefully go through. And so we'll officially be able to learn because according to Phil Spencer, they could not talk on it because right now they're legally not able to. So we're trying to do a lot of reading between the lines here, but presumably 2021 will boast more from like Elder Scrolls Online, more from Fallout 76, but it's also possible we see Starfield this year. It's possible we see Wolfenstein 3 this year. We have not seen Wolfenstein outside of Youngblood in quite some time. So it is possible we see these games, but... For Bethesda as a whole, what do you expect? And obviously we're talking in exclusivity because for me, I sit on the side of the fence. I think that Microsoft is going to lock them up. You know, like we mentioned with Halo Infinite, it's not like that's a flagship title in the sense of it's going to be a major system seller. It'll be a big part of their plan. But I think something like an Elder Scrolls 6 or having Starfield be a real banger or saying we got Wolfenstein 3, I think that type of stuff does stand a chance at being exclusive. With that in mind, Starfield was being shopped for exclusivity to PlayStation in the summer of last year. So that is something that people do need to keep in mind. Bethesda was already open to it. Uh, they were trying to secure some cash. I think they were struggling a little bit more than people were aware. But now that they are with Xbox, Carrick, what's their plan? Well, I will say that I had heard the shopping but i had heard it was the opposite and sony had gone to them because i don't know if you had saw but multiple people had oh. said that a bunch of third parties have been approached by sony not the other way around sony supposedly threw more money the rumor and it was backed up by a couple journalists was that not that that really fucking matters but the, the rumor was, <laughs> I was, about to say, was hold on yeah was that a uh an extraordinary amount of amount of money was being offered by sony in in excess far beyond anything microsoft was offering but Bethesda didn't do that. Now, in the history of ever, a company hasn't spent this much and then said, you know what? Fuck it, man. Let's make our games on everything. So I think it's good to disavow yourself of any idea that that most of these will come on anything else. Unless Microsoft sees a huge jump up or Sony says, hey, let's do game streaming on the PlayStation. Right. Like, it's just it just doesn't make any sense. I think this year we won't see Starfield uh, unless Microsoft states here's what's coming. I think for releases, the only thing you can look at is some titles that we haven't seen the announcements for from some of the side companies, because a lot of people ignore that, you you know, Microsoft didn't just buy Bethesda and like one or two, you know, there's so many. It was 13, right? 13 companies, I believe, were involved in that purchase. So including the Dishonored devs, you know, I don't really have any guesses other than it'll probably be a surprise and it won't be big. I mean, it could be Wolfenstein. That'd be your big one. I just don't see a Starfield or, you know, anything coming out this year. I think 2021 is going to be devoid of a Bethesda thing unless there was a secret that they had not shown anybody, which I, 
I don't know about you. Right. You know, you know Bethesda rumors more than me. I haven't heard a single person indicate. That, no, they that have that been locked on. down. They've been locked down. Uh, Starfield in particular, there were leaks, pictures that came out. I'm pretty confident that was Starfield. You know, not only on good authority, but also just the fact that uh, you just got to look at the game. It's just there's I always say it's got the Bethesda stink on it. It just looks like a Bethesda game. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was a very early build of Starfield there. With that said, I think, you know, we don't always want to wrap it back to Cyberpunk, but just given how that game went, I feel like a lot of companies and most notably Bethesda, who's already been burned by like indulging in that hype so much and then kind of releasing something lukewarm to people with Fallout 4 is that uh, they'll probably just clamp up. And if they're going to get out this year, we'll, we'll know last minute if they are actually going to do that. I thought the game was going to come out this year, to be honest. I think the pandemic fucked up a lot of things. I thought it was going to come out in 2020 just because I know based off how Bethesda Game Studios is laid out. I know Austin was handling 76 for the most part. The issue was that the box art logo did not distinguish that. So when they released 76, people were like, how did Todd Howard do this? And it's like, well, he worked on it for sure, but it was not to the level of any other previous game. With that said, I think that uh, the, the major Maryland studio has been you know, hard at work on Starfield for many years. And I thought that last year would, would have been the year. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where 2021, I believe, will be the year. But of course, it, it you know, there's so much in the air and I don't think they're in any rush. There is literally no hype for this game because no one knows what it is. And so they can either come out, shock the world or I, if I'm them, take your time. You know, there's there's no demand, which is great. That's what they want. You don't want demand, you know, release it when when you're ready. I actually looked up the the tweet that what was what caused and confirmed the the PlayStation discussion. Uh, it was from Imran Khan. And he had said the timing on this announcement is absolutely fascinating. The week after Sony solidifies their existing exclusivity with some Bethesda games, but the day before Xbox opens up pre-orders. Fun note, Sony Sony had been negotiating timed exclusivity on Starfield as recent as a few months ago. Guess uh, going to guess either those talks are done or the price went way, way up. He just said negotiating based off what you're saying. There was more there as in perhaps Sony had approached them, which would make sense given Sony's track record. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but most of the time, the third party company doesn't go to the platform holders. That's usually the opposite. Yeah. The platform. I figured. Holder, as much. Yeah, we'll go to them. I will say it's interesting you mentioned that because what that does indicate is Sony was willing to put to discuss something that was so expensive originally. The idea of Bethesda doing an exclusive in the current market means you're talking, you know, probably in excess of a hundred million dollars. I would say oh, would be in excess. So the idea that Sony was willing and outright somebody stated they were definitely in some kind of negotiation is pretty crazy because that indicates just one game people that they were willing to spend that much money on to possibly get an exclusive which again sony and microsoft don't one-up each other i know fans like to think that fans are like man you know phil spencer heard about sony i bet you like like they're quarterbacks or something that are instantly <laughs> on the same team fighting they're not they're more like the head coaches it and it's more like different years in a way in a way so i don't see microsoft purposely blocking those but i do see that the, this purchase almost blocked them de facto the ones that were already decided maddie are one thing but like it, imagine microsoft looking at something and going dude do we I mean, even secrecy, by the way, these companies would be working on Xbox titles as well as Sony. And then suddenly a, a competitor has an exclusive. It's like, how do you stop leaks? 
you know, it's rough, man. It's rough. Yeah, I uh, the interesting part about Bethesda and Xbox is, let's say Starfield would continue with that example. Right. It's not like these last number of years that Bethesda has been negotiating this deal that they haven't been working on, say, a PlayStation version of Starfield. Like, that's that's got to be happening. So, you know, do they scrap that? I think if you're Xbox, you go, let's do like one year exclusivity window because then, you know, they can double dip. They get the money from any PlayStation copy bought. Microsoft gets a piece of that because they own Bethesda. So that's just like a win win. But I think it's going to be some form of exclusivity, not even because of the money spent, because a lot of people don't realize Microsoft's level of investment is not they spend to earn back like they're spent. They're investing in themselves right so it makes their xbox offering more attractive yeah and eventually they will make that money back they're spending the money because they have the money to spend does that make sense like it's microsoft as a whole it's not just xbox writing out this check so they've probably already made the money back in in some different area uh, across the microsoft brand so they're not really i think gonna say like let's make starfield exclusive so that we can make that 7.5 billion dollars back like i don't think that's really exactly how it's going to work out for them i just think that they're going to make it exclusive because it's going to make their platform a lot more attractive and it depends on where the industry starts to trend you start off with this now and then i've always speculated that one day we're going to be able to go into like walmart you're going to be able to buy like a thumb drive and it's going to have game pass on it you can load it right into your tv as long as you have a controller and that thumb drive you can load up that whole game pass library and maybe then it changes where having things on game pass day one is super super important but right now as it stands being able to say your game is on a specific console is a little more impactful so i think for the time being you're gonna see xbox really reel in bethesda and say hey these are all exclusive not only that but um, microsoft has now stated that multiple tvs will most likely have streaming imagine samsung or whatever saying okay buy our tv and you've got game pass you know, Microsoft yeah. is for sure going to do that, that they yeah. want their platform to be well off. And we can't pretend one company wants their platform to be well off and the other doesn't. Sony is quite restrictive. Devs have admitted it. I've talked to devs who have fully admitted it. They're insanely restrictive on what, you know, can happen between they, they want. They want the same thing anybody else wants just for them. Like, that's the way it is. Right. And yeah. and so the idea that um, Microsoft, like you stated, is worried about seven point eight billion as much as worried about in the next 10 years, everything you get has a version, you know, of streaming. I mean, you say don't bring it back to cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was the biggest game in eight years. So to me, I have no issue bringing it back to cyberpunk. I know what you mean, yeah. though, but cyberpunk yeah, right, right. ran best for a lot of people on streaming. The honest truth is, the honest <laughs> truth, yeah. I, I don't know how to, it, it's obvious because yeah. it was all the same hardware, but the number of people in my own Discord who were like, bro, I had all versions, and the version I played the longest was the Stadia version, and I'm like, okay, Oof. this is, we're in a weird, like, what kind of world are we in right now? So, um, yeah. a Bethesda game, I feel uh, the lack of speed in a lot of Bethesda games, the lack of finesse when, when aiming, maybe you push it to a stream, and you say... You got your hardware versions, but hey, you know, I mean, Fallout, mm -hmm. I love Fallout, but it's not like Fallout requires perfect Call of Duty like reflexes to engage no. and beat combat. So we'll see games like Wolfenstein 3 may, but oh, yeah, true. No. And yeah. Dishonored or, you know, those kind. Yeah. No, you're absolutely yeah. right there in the in the smaller window of discussion. That is definitely a fact. So I definitely think Bethesda is going to get locked down just because in the long term, I think 
saying that you have that on your streaming programs and whatnot is just going to be extremely valuable because they have some of the most popular IP in the world. That's just a fact. So with that, we move on about it. Yeah, I know. Right. We'll have our answers soon. That's the good news. I I imagine we'll, we'll start to hear talks pick up in the, in the coming months, but we have the gunk next character, the unfortunately named gunk, which was announced in 2020 by the creators of steam world. The developers are image and form games. Uh, this follows two scavengers as they head to a new planet to make money and end up discovering the aforementioned gunk, which destroys all it touches. This game is, uh, it's almost like Blinks the Time Sweeper, except imagine if the furniture was like a fucking parasitic piece of shit on everything. <laughs> it's like, it's something, man. It's, uh, it's definitely on everything on this list. I gotta be real. I have no interest or hype for this game. It's cool it exists because once again, maybe it checks a box for someone. But for me, I looked at the gunk and was positively uninterested. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I like SteamWorld, though. I think I've that I, it. Oh, dude, their games are awesome. So like that could turn, you know, for that very reason, I'll keep an eye on it. But what I saw, mm. there was a trailer I remember seeing and being like, it, what? like it, it's it, the it, name. I hate the name. Yeah. I mean, it's that's it's just wrong. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's 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 just not okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's a little off i don't know exactly what they were thinking maybe you know what it might be one of those ones where like we do get we do see a change soon yeah because here's the thing it's not like a ratchet and clank level innuendo like an up your arsenal it's like the gunk it doesn't right? even sound even as a like a play on words or not a play on words but you know what i mean it still doesn't yeah. even sound appetizing it's just yeah it's just not like you know, everyone talks about the word moist, but I, I think gunk might give a run for its money. Can you imagine I'm a game called moist? <laughs> I mean, it's on the same level. Yeah, it no, really it is. is. It's sort of at the same pretty, level. It's pretty fucking terrible. No offense to the developers, but it, imagine a platformer slash shooter called moist and gunk. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would pay twice for that. If they were like, dude, moist and gunk, and it was like two really <laughs> grotesque, one obese, you know, just super heavy set, one really skinny, maybe, maybe a possible crank issue. Moist and gunk. I'm gonna I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna push this to somebody. I'm gonna talk to some devs. Like a, like a, a buddy cop in like an adventure <laughs> game. <laughs> just nasty. Oh my god. Alright, more interesting stuff on the horizon here. Crossfire X. This is a first-person shooter heading to Xbox in 2021. Uh, Remedy Entertainment, who's known for Control, Alan Wake, Quantum Break, is heading up the single-player portion of this game, while Smilegate, a South Korean developer responsible for the creation of Crossfire in 2007, will be working on the free-to-play multiplayer portion. Crossfire was one of the highest-grossing games for years, so for those wondering how Remedy got involved, uh, this is likely why. They kind of just probably signed them a blank check, said, hey, this single-player campaign will put things on the map for us and, and make it a more significant release. Have you played Crossfire before? For those who haven't seen it, it's a uh, kind of a Counter-Strike. It, it really is. It's created in that window. I, I remember thinking, well, they must know something I don't know. Because when they announced it, I was like, "What? what's that? Crossfire X, to me, is the AMD ability to put two fucking video cards together. Like that's what Crossfire used to be. So like when they said Crossfire X, I was like, what are they what are what are they doing? Like what's this got to do with anything? But on the other hand, I mean for consoles, maybe this is a big get. I just don't know anything about it other than Remedy, which I'm you know, I love. So, you know, I, I support, yeah. support them. And I support yeah. these guys, I just don't know what's being offered and you know, what the end all be all be. 
At the end of the day, there was a beta in the summer of 2020, and it just seemed like a Counter-Strike kind of game. It's very popular. It was actually the highest grossing game in 2014. So there are a lot of people getting involved. I think this will be popular. I think people will enjoy it um, if they're looking for something like that. Because I remember, for example, I didn't have a gaming PC for a while, and I picked up Counter-Strike on my 360 of all places. And that's where I played with a bunch of buddies of mine, which I know sounds terrible given that game has like zero aim assist. But that is where we played for months and months and months. So Crossfire X may be that game for a lot of people, kind of that gateway into a more serious shooter. And I think that's great, especially because it's free to play. You can add that to the list of free to play multiplayer games with Halo Infinite, where Fantasy I genuinely Star. think, yeah, Fantasy Star. Yeah, we'll be talking about that later. I, I genuinely think that Xbox is either going to be stripping away the necessity for Xbox Live Gold with accessing these games or just getting rid of gold altogether. Um, because just what we're seeing here is a lot of value being pushed and it's kind of conflicting with other systems now in a way that I don't think matches up with their their brand identity, right? Like they're they're the company that's giving you so much. You go, wait, what? Why? Why are you giving me more, man? So I feel like for these games to flourish as uh, free to play titles, maybe they get rid of games with gold and all that stuff. And you start rolling those instead of making them games with gold, you roll them into Game Pass and double down on that they could do that but i'm also firmly of the opinion that microsoft already we saw them making moves four years ago into china my belief also is that their idea is that japan's lost to them and it's a smart idea i don't think they can ever they can't seem to sell a console it's in japan tough. it's just it's tough. tough but if they can make inroads into a you know a china or something like that then you know that would offset it financially by billions and especially i mean you know South Korea as mm -hmm. well. Like they maybe maybe that's what they're doing is shoot. They're saying maybe what they're going to do is repackage this. And, you know, not only us, but also as more of a here's the American attempt at a story in your South Korean really popular shooter. Bring people into it. And, you know, I don't know what they'll sell. That's another thing. I don't know how this will sell as in what it'll cost, yeah. because if there is a full single player, is the game still going to be free to play? then you start running into all this stuff. But I mean, they must have a plan of some kind because this was announced as well as the other big free to play games. So they, they have some plan. I just don't know if they think it's, it's us. It may not be you and I they're talking to on this particular yeah. game. Maybe just the single player portion. I think with the multiplayer, it's more global, but the single players, I think the idea of the single player is to just gateway people into the multiplayer. It, it absolutely could be. It absolutely could be. That's kind of what I was thinking with this. Cause it just seems very strange because when it was announced it was more i'd never heard of crossfire so i was thinking oh remedy's making a first person shooter after control what's happening here like i was very but then you, you that's why it was so fun researching for this episode because as i got deeper you'd start to learn the backstory of all these studios and how really remedy's just working on a component of a much bigger thing and so remedy keeps on kicking and that's good for all of us next up Second Extinction. This is already out on Steam to mostly positive reviews. It's called, uh, it's by, sorry, System Reaction. And they created a three-player co-op experience where your main goal is to eradicate mutated dinosaurs who have taken over the planet. So this is not out on Xbox yet, but it is out on PC right now. People seem to really enjoy it. Uh, have you played Second Extinction yet? Yeah, I did a preview. I have about 150 hours in it. I would say maybe okay. maybe 200. The thing about Second Extinction is that it, it came out in sort of a rough feature set and there were some issues. But, dude, it's one of the coolest 
get in and get out shooters I've played because one of the things it does is it offers random side stories while you're playing. So you may be searching for fallen uh, comrades uh, and a SOS signal, and then you'll be playing and it'll be like, there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex in the local area. Do you want to hunt it? And it'll add it as a bonus quest. Hmm. And I got to tell you, like that happened a lot. There were some crazy things or where you like, tranquilize dinosaurs and then call these massive cages down out of the sky out of space they smash into the fucking you know that dinosaur grab it and then shoot back up on thrusters and it all <laughs> has this very cool feeling that something exists in space how many times have we played a game where they're like you're doing a drop ship and fuck blah 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 but there's never a connection between the drop ship and you the drop ship is your base and that's it it sounds dumb but in a way it's a little bit like the 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 dwarf in vermintide with uh with the grass level where there's one small connection and one of the small connections here is that you send things up to your ship and you see it actively graphically on the screen it does have other issues however there's something there and it is mostly positive i would say i was a little less positive when i played the version i played and we're, right. we're supposed to jump into it two weeks from now, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll love it. I think Fighting Cowboy played it, too, if I remember yeah. right. I think he did yes, a video or two. he did. Yeah, it looks awesome. You know, I have not played it because I'm not... The thing is, is I broke my early access promise for Baldur's Gate 3. I, I, I caved in. I went, I went with it. I did not regret it. But overall, when I see early access for a game... I just know I'm not going to end up liking it, even if I like the idea that's there. You know, it's a little different with Larian. I want to give them all my money. So, you know, I want to make sure they live every single day and they eat well uh, because uh, they, they're just, you know, they're my favorites. But with the uh, second extinction, it was one that I couldn't bring myself to, even though I really liked the concept for it, because the last early access game I bought was Pummel Party. I bought that on Steam and it's actually really interesting. It's like Mario Party meets fusion frenzy which is such a fucking good game i love fusion frenzy you dig it it's a great it would be a great patron game what stinks is that a lot of the rng is in the in the board game and kind of like mario party you're like what's the good part about winning all these mini games and then at the end they count up like bonus awards but i just didn't like the the mini games that much because some of them just flat out didn't work so i ended up returning it but point being is i try to avoid early access as much as possible with Second Extinction, though, this is a game that I have on my radar. I've read the reviews. It looks like it's a really good time. Based off what you said, it sounds great. It seems like a game that would be right up my alley. But I just want to wait for it to get ironed out more. And I think 2021 will be its official release. And we're going to see it come to Xbox. And that'll be great. Now, here's where we get to... This is my favorite stretch of games. But I tried to cover the more pertinent stuff early on. Exomecha. It's next on our list. The team at Twister Red is bringing a free-to-play, once again, this is a theme here, online competitive shooter that takes place on the planet Omeka to Xbox and PC. Not only is it a first-person shooter boasting multiple weapons, vehicles, and you guessed it, mechs that you can use against your foes. Now, Exomeka is currently slated to release in Q3, Q4 of 2021 with cross-platform play. This game, I don't know when the last time you saw any type of gameplay for it, like the trailer maybe, but it looks awesome if it plays anything like the trailers have sold us. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching. So did you ever do EDF, Earth Defense Force? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Earth, yeah. yeah Earth Defense Force has not only the, the normal organic creatures, but it's got the robots, the 1970s looking robots that fight. And that's certainly right. the chromatic look of this. It's a little cleaner than I would like, I'll admit. What I mean by that is that it's, it's very arena looking. Like they're... 
Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe, but there's nothing going on in the world other than it's just set up for the game, which sometimes that burns me out. But I'm watching them fight up close and watching a dude watch two robots fight. And that looks pretty sweet. It's definitely. Oh, dude, it's like Megazords and fucking Power Rangers. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, this is the first time I've ever heard of this game. Oh, OK. This was one that was a real standout. It, it, it looks amazing. Uh, once again, free to play. So that is. OK. Like I'm saying, man, there, there's still one more free-to-play game on this list, and so Xbox is kind of dialing into that section of the market, which I do think is smart because there's, you know, there are those stretches of time where you don't want to spend money, but you want to play something. Absolutely. And having a suite of titles like Exomecha there and all the others I've mentioned, that definitely uh, makes it a lot more appetizing to dive into the Xbox store. Not much known on this game. Sadly, they said they're not going to share more until they are closer to their release, but I think that's good news for everyone. So we move on to the Medium, one of the first major releases for Xbox in 2021. The Medium will be releasing January 28th, 2021 for both Series X and S, as well as the PC. As a Medium, you are able to cross between the real world and the spirit world, which as shown in multiple trailers is reflected in its gameplay. It also brings a change I'm sorry. I I completely misread my joke on my script there. I'm reading (laughs) your joke right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I said, also, bring a change of pants because this is a horror game. But I was, like, so in that zone of reading. Oh, I have. Yeah, you're in that zone of of being a host that you forget to make fucking jokes. And that is what I did. (laughs) Dude, one time I was reading a a D&D flavor text to somebody in the word voila. Do you know what voila means? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like voila, like a, a surprise. Yeah, voila, surprise. Yeah. yeah. Guess what yeah. though? That motherfucker starts with a V. So while I'm reading, I said Viola, and I have not seen a D and D game go from fucking serious to absolute anarchy of yeah. laughter so quickly as when you yeah. continue to read and your brain doesn't like put the the proper tone on it. Oh, dude, the worst is when you were in like. I don't know, elementary school or something. And, you know, that you're, you're getting passed around the room. Everyone's reading a page, a paragraph. It's your turn. You read something too literally. No one says anything. It's dead quiet. But you're like in your head. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Like you just you could have jumped out that classroom window and just it couldn't have ended sooner. <laughs> All right. So what do you think of the medium? I don't know much about it other than the trailer we saw. So mm-hmm. I'm did you ever play Second Sight? No. Okay. That sounds familiar, though. Yeah, so there was Second Sight, and there was also another one. There were a couple, like, ones that involved a little bit of psionics, a little bit of, like, murder mystery. There was another one called... Man, I can't remember. There was a remaster of it. Uh, something Murder. It was one of the first games I reviewed, actually. I'm a big fan of these kind of games, so I'll check it out. I just don't know much about it. And I don't remember who this is made by. Do you? Uh, this is by... Oh, I just had it up. I'll have to double-check. If that adds any credence to it, I think would be the one thing. This is by, as it loads right now, Bloober Team. Wait a minute. That, I've heard that name before. Wait a minute. I have too. Observer. Okay. There so, you go. okay. Admittedly, okay. You weren't a big fan of Observer, right? I, I so <laughs> Observer had issues, but I was a big fan of what they tried to do. So, I actually, that raises my desire to check this out, knowing it's from them. It does. It definitely yeah, I does. mean, it looks a lot more high quality, in my opinion. Yeah. Just based off the gameplay. I love the kind of what for those who have not seen the medium between the spirit world and the uh, and the real world, you actually see them split in the gameplay almost in the same way you'd see 
a way out. But the difference is as you walk around in one room, it's it's moving you in the other at the same pace. And it's it, what they're doing is very impressive. I think a lot of people are really going to like this game. It's just about how well they execute this idea because I feel like it can get confusing. It can get uh, very janked fast. But I'm looking at gameplay right now on my side screen. And I mean, it looks... It looks so interesting. I, I, I am very, this is probably gonna be one of the first big games I play in 2021. And uh, I can't wait. I, you know, it's, it's sort of turned into an Xbox exclusive in its own way because it was supposed to be like a temp exclusive and they kind of rolled it in even more. So I, I just like this whole, they call it dual reality gameplay. You know, it's a, a fancy way of saying split screen where you're seeing two things happen at once. So yeah, if you're looking for horror, the medium is coming out. January 28th, 2021, Series X, S, as well as PC. But I got to say, I'm very much keen on this one. I think it looks fantastic. Uh, I do want to see more gameplay, though. They've been a little little too quiet. You know, there is some trailers out there. And for a game releasing in a couple of weeks, we need to hear more. Otherwise, I'm expecting a train wreck. There's just a certain tempo you have to have with your PR and, and your trailers and your gameplay. And when certain things are out of line... It does not bode well for confidence. Nope. Fingers crossed for a blooper team that they uh, they give us something better in Observer. And with that, we're down to our last three, starting off with Scorn, which is developed by Ebbs Software. Scorn is a first-person atmospheric horror adventure game where it encourages you to explore multiple interconnected areas in a non-linear fashion as you solve various puzzles, enemies, and themes that are boasted in the game's multiple zones. Are you a fan of Scorn? I, I watched the gameplay... Uh, multiple times at that because there was there's definitely an atmosphere yeah but i don't know man it just was not clicking for me when i was watching it me neither i think it just demos poorly though that's that's my guess i i feel like when you're holding the controller and you're playing it and you're figuring things out and you're feeling that atmosphere firsthand uh i think then you're, you're good but watching it there's just certain games that don't demo well this was one of them i think Dude, and I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I'm burnt out on them, but I would say you could count the number of good games that are sort of focused in this way on probably two hands where they're like, you know, it's a dream world. You're going to hell, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we've played a couple of these. Painkiller was a shooter like Doom 2016. Painkiller was very well done and it was based in hell. A lot of Arcana, a lot of, you know, the Gothic trappings, but it was very, it's very rare. It is just very rare that they turn out very good. And so what I've seen of this looks gray and not catchy. You have to do looks some familiar. Yeah, you have to do some crazy stuff to make those sort of pop. So this one is probably the lowest on my list of of like games that I'm, you know, really chomping to see. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that to some extent. I just uh, outside of the gunk. Yeah, Scorn is doing oh, yeah, the least for me. You know, just, you know, because for me, um, I was reading up on it, and and one of the first things they mentioned were puzzles, and I don't mind puzzles in games, but it usually has to be a part of something else. It it can't be the the core of it all. So, uh, fingers crossed here that Scorn does well, but I don't think we have much more to say on that. So, I wanted to move on to... This is my most anticipated game out of everything on this list. It's called The Ascent. This is by Neon Giant, which is a team of 11 people. The Ascent is a twin-stick shooting action role-playing game with lots of missions, side missions, loot. Uh, It's got fully rendered cutscenes. It's got even a cover system, so it has a lot of verticality in its world uh, because of the way that standing and crouching 
and how that works. You can actually end up sitting behind cover or getting up to higher levels. It's all in a world controlled by mega corporations. Um, they're aiming for 4K 60 FPS. They said it'll be on PC and Xbox Game Pass day one. But this game, I don't know if you're watching gameplay, but it looks so good in my opinion. I'm Is very this excited. Or two player. Two player. And I, I, I mean, I got to say, I have a soft spot for uh, twin stick shooters. I think of, um, I think of Hell Nation. I think of Alien Nation, and I think of there was another twin stick shooter that Hell came Riders. out. Hell Divers. Hell Divers. That was my favorite of them all. That is a great twin stick shooter because it's so hardcore and it's so difficult. Plus the friendly fire, it's such a good game. I really like that. And having you know progression elements and lots of loot, kind of a Diablo styled shoot 'em up. I, I just got to say, it looks fantastic. Plus the the level of verticality there. I genuinely think this game is going to surprise a lot of people. It looks wonderful. It's right when I looked it up because I forgot about this game. It's back on my radar. I'm 100% keeping an eye out for this one. Are, are you excited by what you're watching? Yeah, pretty much. I think my biggest issue with two, Twin Sticks has always been that the amount of content has never equaled the the price of the game. So I'll buy it. You know, I can buy into it, get a friend and you can beat it in you know, a small amount of time. And then with Twin Stick shooters, they engage me a little less to return to them. So mm -hmm. what I'm hoping, you know, because they're talking about lots of missions and loot and stuff like that, what I would love and I don't know if it's possible, but I would I would love for a company to just be like, dude, you know, there's hundreds of locations because one of the problems with these games is when you look at something holistically and not th through third person or holistically an ISO kind of format, three fourths view, you see more of the world than a first person view and it, there's less mystery. And so what happens is if I enter the same spot too many times and there's too many similarities, then my brain starts to step away and get a little less interested. Of Where with a yeah. third person or first person game, I think they can get away with it because you've got your little vision cone. That's it. So I hope this is like, you know, we've worked on it for a while. I know there's only 11 people, but there's procedural generation systems that can can do it without right. it feeling right. repetitive, though it hasn't been done before. Looks my, awesome. my guess, just based off the staff count, is I think because of the level of detail that's in the environments and in the models and you can kind of see in the gameplay itself, I can't imagine they're going to have a bunch of zones. What I think would more likely happen is procedural generate the content itself to send you back into those areas because that's the thing is I love the level of detail. I feel like a lot of these twin stick shooters and whatnot kind of cop out. Yeah. You know, it's such a simplistic formula that they try to make it up in different areas. Whereas with this one, it seems there's a level of quality there because they what the developers said in the video when I was watching was interesting. They said, you know, we don't want to just make a twin stick shooter. Like, why can't we bring the camera in for cutscenes and more intimate moments? Why can't we? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why can't we make a full on game? Like, it doesn't have to stay up there. The camera being in the sky. I mean, whole time it can it can give you levels of verticality and there's different mechanics you can roll in there. When they mentioned side missions as well as main missions, yeah, uh, that definitely got me hopeful. I think that's definitely good news. So I would say keep an eye on this one. The Ascent is once again from Neon Giant, team of 11 people, twin shooting action role playing game. Looks really good. Highly recommend you guys keep an eye on it. That brings us to our last game on this list, though. Sadly, we're nearing the conclusion of episode zero. So Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis. Now, I wrote out my own little synopsis of each of these games and kind of where it stands and what's happening with them. But I just have to copy and paste what Fantasy Star Online 2 is 
because um, New Genesis is, it might be a little confusing. So I feel like they put it best. Create the ultimate Fantasy Star Online 2 in which the time-tested elements are kept intact while the game design, gameplay, and graphics engine will be completely redesigned and reborn in all aspects. So Fantasy Star Online 2 will still continue to exist, which Microsoft helped bring to the West. New Genesis is a sort of relaunch that a lot of new players, I think, should look into because I had played Fantasy Star Online 2, Carrick, as you know. I liked it. My friends had abandoned me. I was left alone. I, I, I was essentially the, the, the orphan of Fantasy Star Online 2. No one, no one was there. Um, and so I was playing by myself and I thought, you know what? I'll just wait for New Genesis. So New Genesis is pretty much just a relaunch, redesigning all the content in the game. It looks a lot better visually. Fantasy Star Online 2 is more of like an action RPG set in a MMO universe. So if you're not into MMOs, this game will not be up your alley. If you're not into weave shit, it will not be up your alley. But it's got really fast pace in your face gameplay. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the music, especially. So I think New Genesis has a chance to to really surprise a lot of people. It looks like after all the years of Fantasy Star Online 2 existing, they said, okay, we'll spend money. And so they look to be making something a little bit better. Uh, what do you think of New Genesis? I, I think the weeb stuff, I'm not, you know, I don't even use that term, but I, I, I'm certainly not into it. But I, I thought Fantasy Star uh, was awesome when it came out recently. And I had an absolute blast on it. So to me, the idea of making it look like a game that was made in the last 25 years is a positive because that fucking game looked rough. <laughs> and I played the yeah. shit out of it and it looked rough. And I would say for the most part, I get this feeling of like, guys, seriously, you're charging people for, for you know, clothing or whatever in your free-to-play game, but the game looks like it's from the 1940s. How does that work out? Like, how does it work out? I don't feel it's fair. So this seems to be more of the fair part where it's like, okay, we're going to meet you halfway so that, especially a game that's built on cosmetics, when your cosmetics look like shit, it's like, well, then why are you buying the cosmetics? Like, how do you do that? Right. How do you think that any of that makes sense? <laughs> this does make sense because the gameplay is phenomenal. I did not expect to like that. I downloaded it. When was this offered? Really? When was this offered? The original, the Fantasy Star West? West? Yeah, no, I mean, like in the last, like six, eight months on the Xbox is when I played it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Um, it was sometime in 2020. Sometime in 2020, 2020. And I remember turning it on and I was a huge Fantasy Star fan in the day, in the old days, but I didn't know if I would like it now. And I was playing by myself, just like you. And I was still like, fucking hey, this is a blast. Like I got to a, bo <laughs> a boss. You're stronger than me. I got to a boss part and I, like, I was like, dude, this is really fun the base was terrible the home base location was horrible i know Tons i know trying shit. to navigate that shit and trying yeah. to navigate it and i was just like and i'm a dude i've played some mmos in my life and even i was like it because it didn't it was back in the day when they didn't even graphically make a place look like it made some kind of sense for a character mm -hmm. they just mm -hmm. didn't care they just didn't have it in them at that time so i'm excited for this i think it i mean hopefully this will you know return it to where the graphics sort of match up with all the other stuff that they've offered. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it, it definitely is something that has my attention. I've been looking for an MMO for a while. When I played Fantasy Star Online 2, for those who don't have the backstory, it's a tragic one. Uh, my friends and I were playing and they just raged off. They fucking hated it. Like, I, like it wasn't even a particular enemy. It wasn't a particular mechanic. It was just, this is boring. Pissed me off. And so I was abandoned. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to play an MMO by myself, not because it's impossible to, but it's just that I have no interest in that. But with New Genesis, 
it certainly looks good enough to warrant that. You know, plus, what's the next other MMO coming out? New World, I think it is, from Amazon. It's like, well, that's Amazon, you know. I'm, I think I'm okay. Uh, I think I think I'll have to pass on that. You're so, okay. Pass, pass yeah, away. Yeah, New, New Genesis is on the radars, and uh, I got to say, yeah, I agree with the gameplay. The gameplay was fast-paced. Uh, it, it, it felt really good no matter what you were using. There was good sound feedback when you were connecting with hits, which I think is really important in action games. And like I said, the music, very underrated. I, I got to shout that out. So... Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis is dropping in 2021. I believe it's early 2021. So if you're into MMOs, keep an eye out on that. Fantasy Star Online 2 is already there. But if you're looking to get started, then I would say just wait for New Genesis. This is a relaunch that will be uh, amending all the feedback. I was just going to say, I do wonder if you and I enjoyed the gameplay so much and if 2 was already announced. I do sometimes get a little angry that these companies don't just splurge for 3. Like, why is it oh. not Fantasy Star 3? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I, I mean, I get it. They're probably trying to turn turn it around and that graphics is great. But why or why not call it Fantasy Star Online? I mean, they are calling it New Genesis, but I would like to see almost like a what's the game? Monster Hunter Frostborn? Is that the uh, no Frost Iceborne. Iceborne? That game, that DLC is almost the size of the game of the original game. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the people I talk to who play the DLC for that are like, dude, you have this game is me- like this DLC is incredible. Maybe Fantasy Star New Genesis is that. And if it mm-hmm. is, that's awesome. And I would love to be wrong. It, it definitely is going to be because I did. I remember doing a lot oh, of okay, research. So they when... are adding a ton of content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All they right. are. Yeah, okay. it's it's a whole new thing. And that's what's. But the thing is, is I don't blame you for not knowing. I It wasn't until I watched like a, a bunch of videos online that it was fully explained to me the way they've marketed it. And I think, yeah, the naming has been a major issue. It sounds like an expansion and it's like it's a whole new thing. It's a whole new thing. Yeah, I would say uh, for those who are somewhat interested in Fantasy Star Online to just hold off. Until yeah, you can't Genesis. beat the gameplay personally to me. It's it's good. Yeah, it's honestly I haven't played like Black Desert Online, which I think does action combat, but does it? I, I don't Dude, know. I I'm didn't just like Black saying, Desert Online. It's spawny. You know, bad guys just standing in front of you, not moving. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think you're good to go. But I get, yeah, I get no, I was going to say, I just, you know, there aren't many, what I was going for is I don't think there are many action MMOs out there uh, that, that have kind of the quality of animation and, and how kinetic mm-hmm. uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 is. Obviously, the sacrifice comes in some of its like environments and yeah. you can see that they're, they're pretty low res and all that stuff. But that's where New Genesis comes in. It looks like as Carrick said, a game that was made in the last 25 years. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be coming out in the next couple of months. But that is a general overview of currently Xbox's 2021. I believe more will be added to this list as more events come on and we see more indies pop up. And we, of course, see more uh, things from Bethesda even and other games that maybe Microsoft will be buying third party exclusivity for or other first party exclusive titles that may be ready this year. Uh, there's other games like, say, Grounded, which are going to continue to develop right. underneath the Microsoft umbrella. We have no sea clue where that's going. Yeah, plenty of updates coming. And of course, that's kind of the goal of this show is we're going to be honing in on all of those games and, you know, dialing into that ecosystem more. So for future updates, we will have you all covered. But we wanted to sort of lay the groundwork for games that you can look up, get involved in, uh, research and pay attention to you. For the show, it's not going to be the only games we talk about, but, you know, just for those who are diving right into Xbox for the first time, we thought this would be a great primer for you. But that pretty much does it for episode zero, Carrick. We've made it. I wonder how many people are still with us 
every one every single one that started yeah for sure Hell yeah <laughs> i challenge them I look 100%. like I, I look like I did I did crank or something just so people wonder. I was lifting <laughs> weights this morning and I fucking did the barbells and dirt, like I'd cleaned oh. my yeah. I was in the garage and I was I was lifting. I've had a really like anxiety issue in the last couple. I think it's just you like you said, no one you're not able to go anywhere or do anything. Mm -hmm. And so I was just mm -hmm. man, it was like three hours in and I'm still like what the fuck and I smashed <laughs> them together. And it got in my eye and it's that thing. Have you, I don't know if you've had that, but where you get something in your eye and it's like the entire world doesn't matter, but your eye. Yeah. And so I did yep. that thing where I dropped the barbells and I ducked them like Star Wars. I was like, whoop, whoop, as they passed by my head. And I just realized, man, I've been rubbing it all day. So just so people yeah. know, I'm not in, the, I'm not a, in the midst of a drug, a drug over <laughs> it's, it's, Oh, it's, it's driving me nuts. Um, but yeah, yeah thanks okay. to everybody who sit, who sat with us. And I'd also like to know what the, if there's games that we missed or if there's peripherals that they want to talk about, because I'm sure I'm going to bring up the adaptive controller because I have friends in the yeah. military who, you know, can't play normal games. And that has unleashed the beast. Like there are multiple people I know who are out, dude, I've never been able to play games until right mm -hmm. now because of that. So there's a lot yeah, of stuff. We are. Games. 100% open for any criticisms, any, because, you know, this is why we're doing episode zero and our show will take shape over, you know, dozens of episodes. So, you know, keep the feedback coming and we're rolling through and, and we'll start, we'll start to shape the show a little bit more, but this is sort of our groundwork and we want you to rip it up and we'll build something on top of that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for your time. We hope you enjoyed Defining Duke and Xbox podcast episode zero. We'll see you for episode one where we'll go into our news roundup, our Game Pass Pick of the Week, PC deals, your questions being submitted, all that important stuff. So with that, we sign out now. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you soon. Peace out. The Finding Duke, an Xbox podcast, is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is recorded from the good old USA. The show was conceived by Matthew Mr. Matty Plays Schroeder and me, Colin Moriarty, and is written and produced by Matthew Schroeder. Maddie's co-host is Jeremy ACG Penter. The Finding Duke's executive producer is Dustin Furman, and the show is edited by associate producer Ben Smith. As you know, all of Last Stand Media's shows, including Defining Duke, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer support level or higher on Patreon, and we're grateful for your kindness and generosity. Nick DeMarco, Andrew Morgan, Gregory Slavinsky, Stephen Nieder, Ross Marenka, Zach Parsley, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Ben, Azan, Michael Vecchio, Joey Finelli, Jerome Ferreira, SL the FMA, Ryan T. Mandel, Jorge Palomino, Enrique Perez, Don Lee, Daniel Diamore, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Homeworld Hub, Dennis Barker, William Holbert, Chris Buston, Betty Ann Moriarty, Colin Jewell, Daniel Johnson, Zach Bonham, an unofficial controller podcast, Jay Getter, Vexius, Jeff Mercado, Galja, of Fortuna, Boots, Megadet, Saul Balcazar, Raul Melendez, Jackson Vernon, Eric Harden, Matt Martin, Rodney Coleman, Chris Moore, Anti Kinnanen, Taylor Barkley, Chris Galvin, Ryan Murdoch, Mason Cadillac, Ollie Fritz, Chris Buston, Zach Allum, George Anthony Nunez, Kyle Hagel, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naiman, Ryan R. Kittredge, Toby Ryland, Michael S. Damon Weathers, Richter 86, Barrett Boswell, Christopher DeVaio, Kevin Kamaki, Blake Israel, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Brian Chan, Organic Produce, Isaac Wastman, Mubarak, Carlos Algrit, McDog 18, Richard Hebert III, Miranda Grubba, Ray Laja, David Castanez, Donnie Nolan, Josh Yeager, Matthew Cooper, 
Cooper, Toothless Gibbon, Martin Beck, Gavin, Joey Andrzejczyk, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Christopher Moore, Lawrence F. Prokop, Colin Davenport, Eric Finkenbeiner, Lou and Ray Loper, Dylan Burns, John Schultz, David Chestnut, Yusuf, Anton K., Alan Tremblay, Tyler Bello, Tony Zaniga, Sean Battershall, Max Lazos, Robbie Hensley, Alex Cabrera, Lennon Brixey, Corey Wyatt, James Kinslow III, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, William O'Carroll, JCSO828, Jesper Jansen, Phil Crone, Throw7, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Gates, Sean Chandler, Petro Rose, Gio Corsi, Greg Lada, Gerald Pennington, Justin Wagaman, Paul Joyce, Chad Lewis, Todd Paxson, Joshua Smallwood, Shane Ryum, Spencer Brand, John Cordero, Greg Julius, Keith A. Lewis, Marius Garson Peterson, Tyler Harris, Matthew Purdue, Toby Shootman, Patrick Harper, Mad Mock Media, Jonathan Rice, and Casual Misfits Gaming.